0: am i that
1: is right yes that is people win-win. say my wife looks like jennifer connelly that's a good like
2: yeah
0: that's pretty solid man that's a pretty solid comparison I'll
2: try i mean i'd be that.
1: happy about that yeah please do that. that
2: i'm gonna try i really will
1: try i've only seen well, not, a few not more. requiem for a dream jennifer connelly i'm talking about <laughs> dark water jennifer connelly
2: <laughs> 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 let's be clear here no not ass that. to ask no ass to ask
1: not oh the ass-to-ass ass Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. that's. It's, I thank you for qualifying that. That needed to be qualified. I always have to do an asterisk on that one. <laughs> asterisk, Aster asterisk. asterisk? Asterisk
0: to asterisk. Asterisk to asterisk. This shit's going on the show, by the way. This is older.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that, and adoption is the only thing that matters.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week at the Bitcoin Podcast. I am your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Corey. And uh, we have a pretty big show this week. Um, We have Overstock on the show. Tell us about uh, the T0, which uh, was really big, and then the chatter kind of died down on it. So let's... Revive that topic back and kind of roundtable About that Like Basically they're trying to build their own Wall Street Trying to they're doing it They did it Just nobody's on it
0: (laughs) But (laughs) they did build it It's
1: there It looks pretty interesting man Yeah he compared it to Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier So that's Mm. That's a pretty big comparison
0: Yeah yeah, that's a pretty big comparison. We we've gone some places since we broke the sound barrier. Like the moon. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> this
2: is true. Yeah.
0: And it's almost as if he's trying to say that Bitcoin is going to the moon.
2: I think it's I think it's cool that how fast these giant platforms that are taking that are that are replacing this entrenched methodology that we use now are coming out. It's just it's all coming out so quickly and it's working better. It has the potential to work better than that than what's what what we use now. Yeah.
0: The disruption is there. And I think there's a different I think Blockbuster was like the case study for all major businesses that have a lock hold on something that they think they're gonna have for a long time. You know what I mean? Like and uh, I think, even had the opportunity to buy Netflix, and they passed on it. And now look at what Netflix did to Blobbuster. And so I think the banks are going to be a little bit smarter, and the entrenched financials are going to be a little bit smarter, and they're going to say, hey, maybe let's not just completely shit on Bitcoin.
2: Let's well, maybe see if we can... Go ahead. We're already seeing evidence of that.
0: Yeah. They used the uh, Blockbuster case study, and they're not going to go the way of Blockbuster. They still want to be around in
1: twenty years. So, well, remember Blockbuster tried to come out with those red box kiosks, and nobody used them. <laughs> <laughs> they were so bad. Did you did you use one? I I did not. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was funny because
2: like no matter what Blockbuster tried to do after the fact, it was kind of like everyone looked at them like. <laughs> Nice try, Blockbuster, but you're dead. Yeah, and even give it a shot to try and use the services. I mean, they could have been good for all I know. I never even thought about using it because I had yeah. another, another option.
0: Towards yeah. the end, there they had some deals. It was like rent ten DVDs and you get ten bags of candy for one dollar. <laughs> please come to our
1: store, please. <laughs> and I was like, please.
3: Nope.
1: <laughs> well, I I applaud Overstock for you know taking the initiative and in building the first truly viable competition into Wall Street. But I think if they really want to shake things up, I think they should issue like more of these digital tokens and make them available to everybody. And then you could use PayPal or Kickstarter and give the average working person some skin in the game, and then you could piss off your Wall Street golf buddies at the same time. Yeah,
2: I'm interested to see how this plays out and what, what happens after the first like quarter of this thing working.
0: Well, there's a lot of competition in there now, man. Uh, from from what I've been reading about, like this consensus 2015 thing, is that there are a lot of big players that have the Bitcoin blockchain bug right now. Like Blythe Masters is saying stuff. And and that's that lady that uh, is responsible for, I guess, changing the way Wall Street does things the first time with the default swaps and stuff. Apparently she's really innovative but she's like hardcore backing blockchain and there's there's a bunch of other big players in the are am I getting ahead of schedule cello talking about visa and those guys investing
1: in no we could talk about it but i think i mean i might be shooting myself in the foot here cuz she might be on the show but i feel like she's kind of overhyped just cuz she used to work at chase and now she's like on the other side of the fence so everyone's like ooh you know what i mean Life. No,
2: that's cool what name, I mean. That's it, it, I, I think it's cool because these people who used to work in these they un, they have really 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 good understanding of how these systems work, and when people who know how these really complicated systems work then get introduced to an idea that allows them to do the things the old system couldn't, they can then come up with really good ideas that people like us who haven't ever been there can't think of or won't think of as fast. And it's 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 neat to see people at the top coming over and that possibility coming faster and faster. Do
0: you think that um I heard it on the uh or not heard it, I read it on the Reddit forums. Do you think that the blockchain technology is a Trojan horse for Bitcoin? Like, blockchain's going to get all up in their system, and then Bitcoin's going to break up out of that shit, and then Bitcoin's going to take over. No. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> Personally, no. <laughs> I think once
1: once people realize that the value in technology lies in its network effect, then Bitcoin will win. But, you know, in the meantime, people will they'll, they'll underrate it and deny it and avoid it and ignore it, but the value's there.
2: Well, the, technology, the distributed ledger technology is going to be used outside of Bitcoin a lot. Oh, yeah. Big time. That doesn't mean that the main, or at least if you're going to use a currency or you know some type of value storage, Bitcoin's going to be the main one because it's already so big and it's become the Band-Aid or Kool-Aid or you know, whatever market branding name you want. It's the first one and it's the biggest one. So that's what people identify with. When people say Bitcoin now... They're typically talking about all distributed ledger or blockchain technology in general, but they use the term Bitcoin because that's what people understand. Yeah,
0: even if they totally don't understand it, but they
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, You don't you don't say it's the same thing as like you don't say hey give me a give me a, a sticky bandage. You say give me a Band-Aid or like give me that tissue over there. You say give me a, give me a Kleenex. It's the same idea. You just say uh, I would like some Bitcoin or like let's let's introduce Bitcoin into our system or something like that.
0: It's only a matter of time i say I feel like I say that a lot on the show
2: well we I think every every show reiterates it more and more when we talk to these people and read more news, and the trend is definitely even when we go through these i would even say like hardships just like not even setbacks, just somewhat negative news it's still going in the way that it's supposed to in terms of inevitability,
0: yeah, very true. do you guys still have a hard time? discussing bitcoin with like in your in your personal lives like outside of the show does anybody bring it up work
1: fam uh yeah i was talking to my dad this week and he told me he listened to the show and he didn't like it (laughs) he said that bitcoin will never succeed because banks will never adopt it and banks are never going to go away so, shout out to your dad <laughs> for not not being my dad. <laughs> yeah, oh, he took a dump and, on it. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, right when my dad said that, um, I read that some of the biggest banks are exploring the blockchain technology to overhaul financial markets. And not just one bank or two banks, we're talking about nine banks, I'm talking about, J.P. Morgan, mm. Barclays, mm. Commonwealth Bank of Australia, mm-hmm. the Royal mm-hmm. Bank of Scotland, Ooh. UBS, they've God all man. formed a partnership to to uh, draw up industry standards and uh, protocols for using the blockchain and banking. So, I mean, take that, Dad. <laughs> Sock it to your stomach. Right well, stomach. Something
2: good happens from now on. Martello's going to be like, what's up now, Dad? What's up? What's up, Dad? What's up?
0: What's up? <laughs> well, um, I could tell your dad that he's wrong, but I don't want to. I want the world to tell him one ahead. at a time. <laughs> Go ahead. Should I call him up? Hey, how's it going? Just wanted to tell you you're absolutely wrong. Click.
1: Yeah, because he, he's not going to listen to the show and hear it, so you'll have to call him. Yeah.
0: On the other end, my pops watched it. He thought it was, or listened to us. I guess yeah. he didn't watch anything, but <laughs> he listened. He thought it was good. He thought it was good. So,
1: well, I, I guess the plan here is to build a fabric of blockchain technology for banking, um, mm-hmm. and then develop commercial applications for banks. And um, I, you know, the bank has identified forty-five uses for blockchain technology. So it's not just like we can use it this way or that way. It's forty-five potential uses. Mm. Uh, how long it'll take to roll that out and and integrate in the existing existing systems, we don't know. But um forty five is pretty pretty cool. Right, I gave it okay. five
2: years. Well there you go, young college students. Future proof yourself and you know, learn about this and yeah. good job. Making yeah. a lot of money. Making
1: them at the same, paper. at the same time, they have to like evolve their security practices or you're gonna have like nine massive feature mount Gox failures. So
3: well,
0: yeah. But from what I understand <laughs> about the goxing is that old Carpelles. How do you say his stupid name? Carpelles. <laughs> God, I hate saying it and seeing it every day. But Mark Carpellez, uh the dumb guy. I think a lot. He's one. He was embezzling, so there's that. And two, he's stupid, dumb. Like, look at his face. And so he up a dumb face. Hey, I'm gonna
1: put his face. In- the show notes his dumb
0: face (laughs) like what you should do is photoshop his face onto like forrest gump and that's it just stupid dumb face but anyways that's that was gox was his fault it had nothing to do with i'm pretty sure a b of a could have the security locked down tight if they wanted to provide you know, wallets to their customers. So. Well,
2: anything that happens with the banks, typically there's a lot of stress testing and, and, and you know, internal testing before they roll it out to the public because they have to be so sure about every transaction. Yeah. I don't know. We've
0: been talking about banks a lot today.
2: Well, that's... Yeah. The time is coming. The time there can only be one. We have to... <laughs>
0: We have to, it's either like we either make friends with them and, or we just totally take over their system. But I feel like if we, as Bitcoin, if Bitcoin does reach mass adoption and it gets to a point where it the banks can't really fight it, then what legal sway do they have to hurt it?
2: So None, that's, but there's, there's, it's already at that point. It's already, it's already yeah. too big to fight it. They Oof. can't fight it. That's why they're trying to adopt it.
1: That's yeah. like your your uh, blockbuster analogy you know they think they're the shit they think nothing's gonna happen to that model it's not going away yep netflix you know shows up and they're like nah people are still gonna drive and come up to us and the movie's gonna be sold out And they're gonna drive back home and Just try long. again tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah this system's flawless <laughs>
0: <laughs> or or kodak what's that you're taking pictures with your phone how dumb is that why don't you buy That's my four thousand dollar camera no. <laughs> well anyways. Um Yeah, fuck banks. But anyway <laughs> <laughs> What's All next right. on the docket? What's next on the docket?
1: I was gonna uh, Judd Bagley? Is it Bagley? Ba- Bag Bagley? Bagley. It didn't is I- Bagley.
2: Didn't we say we're gonna get Bagley. this correctly?
1: We did
0: say yeah. we were gonna do that. But instead let's just be real, Corey. Let's keep it real.
1: keep it real but I know what he does and that's the most important part yes it is he's he's part of the Medici project tasked with building an alternative stock exchange levering the power of decentralized ledgers to dramatically decrease transaction costs and provide near real-time transaction settlements and yeah so if you thought Overstock was just about buying you know couches it's deeper than that it gets real deep
0: Um, This guy, um, Judd, he was a great interview. I did solo dolo on this, I believe. Yep. Oh, an apology to you guys as listeners. We know we said it was going to be Mr. Baron, but at the last minute, we switched to Judd. And we got Judd, and he was very, very informative. And I think you're really going to like this interview because you're going to think about Bitcoin and Bitcoin adoption in a way you may not have Previously. So get into the interview.
4: Yeah, let's go. All right, here it is. I am director of communications at overstock.com. So I'm over the uh, public relations efforts generally, though my area of emphasis has shifted quite markedly toward uh, our crypto initiatives. I first became uh, familiar with. Bitcoin in, um, well, I've been familiar with Bitcoin for a while, but I had to become intimately familiar with it in January of 2014 when Overstock first began accepting Bitcoin as a payment method. And I was, as spokesman of the company, was doing a lot of interviews about that and had to uh, kind of quickly become an expert on the topic and found it absolutely fascinating and made it clear that if this is something we were going to build on that I wanted to be involved. And so now as we've broken out a whole new portion of the company um, dedicated to crypto initiatives, I've found myself uh, dedicating the majority of my time over there. So that's how you've ended up on the, the uh, line here with me.
0: Nice. So when you were discovering all these things about Bitcoin, uh, originally you said it was from like just from responsibility, like you had to learn. You didn't much have a choice. But what you did mention there was... You know, you were really taken aback by how awesome it is. So what part of it was so awesome for you that really, really hit home?
4: Well, I I should preface by saying that I um, that the bar was set pretty low. I I first heard about Bitcoin in like early 2012 on NPR. And of course, they didn't have more than a minute and a half or so to dedicate to explaining it. And with all the shorthand and everything they used, I came away thinking this is this is a huge Ponzi scheme you know um, <laughs> and then uh I began to learn more and the thing that that really struck me was this idea that um, you know trust is one of those commodities that is is really difficult uh to earn it, it's very expensive and um and consequently we have all these centralized institutions that step in to take the place of trust. And they add time and um, expense to a lot of transactions. But what I realized is quite quickly, it became apparent that you don't you don't need to uh, trust the person on the other end of the transaction. All you have to trust is mathematics and the idea that one plus one will always equal two. And once I realized that, it became apparent that this is this is an entirely new and deeply disruptive way of doing business. And I was, that's, that's where the light bulb went off for me. It was when I realized that, that you could, that that, that you could just use the laws of nature to take the place of, uh, this very rare and expensive commodity we call trust.
0: It tends to, you know, wrap around people's minds in different ways. And, um, it's really cool that you automatically saw how disruptive it can be and speaking of the disruption, uh, you guys' new project, T-Zero, it, uh, it plans to cut out a lot of the middlemen in stagnant money of the current financial system, and, and thereby helping the majority of those involved with transactions and, and hurting the fat cats in the middle, reaping profits uh, from a type of double spending, kind of. So are you, uh, are we right about assuming that you can give us some details about the... T zero system.
4: Oh, I'm absolutely overjoyed to. Um, so let me back up by saying that we we created a a subsidiary with an overstock we call Medici, named for the the Medici Bank of Florence, um, which was the, the the Medici's. Basically, they invented uh, dual entry accounting, which led to uh, led the people to trust them with their money. The Medici's became very rich. They commissioned a lot of artwork and it's so they're sort of credited with sparking the Renaissance. And we viewed this, this as the, the first big uh, interesting innovation in bookkeeping essentially since that happened in about the year uh, 1390. So we, we call this Medici. Then within Medici, we have T zero. We've named it T zero because uh, in a traditional securities transaction, uh, the trade does not settle until three days, um, after the trade date. So they call that T plus three for trade date plus three. And we've created something that, that settles immediately due to the nature of, uh, blockchain technology. So we call it, that's why we call it T zero. In other words, it's trade day plus zero. It happens almost instantly. There are two components to T zero. Um, one is uh, a platform for trading uh, private debt equity in other words bonds corporate bonds mm-hmm. that, that we can uh, create in a digit in a digital format and then uh, write those transactions to the blockchain um, and 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 the Bitcoin blockchain is sufficient for for that kind of transaction because you know trading bonds does not happen at at a extremely high volume and 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 speed transaction speed is not quite as important in bond trading as it is in in um, public equities now public equities is another way of saying stocks so so the the second part of T0 is this platform for for trading uh, stocks you know shares of public companies and that is something that has to happen at a much faster rate of speed than the Bitcoin blockchain can accommodate so we've built this to be um, ledger agnostic, meaning these these trades will take place on um, on the, the Bitcoin blockchain, on other side chains that other people create, and on propri- proprietary blockchains that we uh, that we will be uh, introducing as well. And so it's it's basically these these shares trade in digit as digitized tokens in the same way that that uh, Bitcoin trades, and uh, it's just it's just that that simple um and it's the sort of thing that that really kind of restores i guess you could say transparency to this to this place wall street which is such a black box to so many people so few people understand how the how the actual plumbing works but this will be clear as day and will anybody can go through and uh you know, scrutinize or, um, inspect the, the, the relevant, uh, blockchain to see exactly what's happened, how much, and, and they, people can independently verify the validity and provenance of these trades. Now, one of the huge benefits to this rather, let me, let me put this in, in, in the context of one of the problems with the status quo currently on wall street, Trades are settled. Not only is there a three-day delay, but they are—they're also settled on a net basis, which means that, um, you know, if I sell you seventy shares of something and you sell me a hundred shares of something, uh, at the end of the day, I just—it's just netted out. So I just give you thirty, you know, and that—that mm-hmm. th- that seems efficient, like it makes a lot of sense. But the problem is that allows a lot of um, bad behavior to take place. In ways that that the perpetrators of that behavior, it's very difficult to hold anybody accountable because you can't trace a transaction from cradle to grave because it all goes into the middle of this organization called the Depository Trust Corporation. Trades are netted out, and it's it's impossible to say the trade that started here uh, and it, the trade that ended here was started here by this person, and therefore we have to hold this person accountable if it was if it was a, a fraudulent a trade with when you're um settling on uh using bitcoin technology the settlement happens instantaneously and there's zero ambiguity as to as to who commenced a trade which then you know settles who commenced a trade for one wallet that settles in the other there's no ambiguity at all so it makes it much more difficult to to engage in in bad behavior so that's uh, that's another. That's kind of the main thing that, that we got looking at, and and which convinced us this is something that we needed to pursue.
0: That's phenomenal. So you guys are aiming to keep good old Wall
4: Street honest. Exactly. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not trying to put anybody out of business. We're this is technology that we're licensing, and we we just completed acquisition of a of an order routing firm, which is already plumbed into all the the uh, stock brokerages on Wall Street there are thousands of them so they don't we don't have to go through the process of um, of hooking their wires up to our system their wires are already hooked up to this firm speed route route which we just acquired uh, and so we'll be licensing this technology in ways that we feel you know a rising tide will lift all boats so so all the the big banks and stock brokerages will be able to use this uh, platform everybody will save money because the cost of carrying out these transactions is is whole orders of magnitude lower than it currently is. So yeah, no one's going to be put out of business. We're hoping uh, others see uh, the real, you know, financial benefits of operating this way, that they give us their business and that, you know, we believe everybody will come out ahead by the time it's done.
0: Good deal. Has there been any contention so far? Has there been any, I guess, um, bumping of heads with the traditional means of doing business and how you guys are proposing it
4: you know that's a that's a really good question and we've had we've had quite a few meetings with um, major banks back in New York and you know we've explained to them what we're doing and it's it's interesting to to watch the looks on their faces when they finally catch the vision you know everything crypto is so counterintuitive to, to the way most people are accustomed to viewing the world that it, it always there are very few people that, that completely get it on the first pass. Um, mm-hmm. this the, the same absolutely applies to uh, the uh, you know to the representative of the, of the banks and the stock brokerages that, that we've gone back to speak with So that's the first thing when they when they finally realize what we're doing, you see this kind of ashen look over their faces like, oh, no, how are we going to compete with this? But then we go back and explain, but here's why, you know, you don't need to worry about us putting you out of business. Here's why we can be a great, you know, partner with you. And then they, and then they smile. You know, then, then, then you see that secondary uh, aha moment where they say, oh, okay, and they, they see the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, really benefit from what we've done. So, so far that we've been aware there's not been any overt opposition to what we're doing um and we we i I think it'd be naive to think that that none of that will happen but you know we're crossing our fingers hoping that everybody views us as a as a good potential partner instead of a a an overt competitor
0: it sounds like you guys really have thought you know through all of the the possible angles and i mean that's one it's an engineering marvel and so it seems like you guys have put a lot of time into it and, and from what it sounds like it's going to be wildly successful and do you think that in the near term we'll say two to five years that uh, it'll be it'll I'm sorry not it'll be but it'll help uh, with those main hurdles to mass adoption of the currency and the and the network and the tech and all these things
4: you know it's really interesting you ask that we um I at least believe, and I believe my my colleagues think the same way that 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 the key to speeding um, you know mass adoption of bitcoin the currency is to speed adoption of these bitcoin two point um, applications so I look at my parents for example, they would uh be they, in fact they flat out told me they're they're reticent to to use Bitcoin, the currency, um, but they're in the process of buying a home. And so I've asked them, would they be willing if they could save, you know, a thousand dollars to, to carry out the title transfer, for example, using this, using the Bitcoin technology. In other words, using the blockchain, like companies like Factum, for example, are, are working out. And they, they quickly say, of course, in other words, they view that as a lower consequence transaction. Um, now you know we we tend to believe that that once you know business processes like title transfer. Things like voting, for example, uh, move to the blockchain. Things like the the, the trading of um, of crypto securities, like we're putting together. Once these things, once people kind of take chances on these things, which seem like lower, you know, consequence transactions, suddenly the the logic in using the same technology for you know transferring currency will be very obvious, and people will will wonder why they haven't done it all along. I, I believe that the, that the day will come when when it, when it will be a business trivia question to ask what, you know, what was the first application of the blockchain? And a lot of people won't even know it was the first was currency. I think a lot of people will assume that came later, um, mm-hmm. and that'll be the key to getting people like my parents uh, using it.
0: You know, uh, Judd, like I've been following Bitcoin for maybe three years now. Uh, it's consumed me. Time and time again, and that's the first time I've ever, uh, you know, had it presented from that perspective. And it makes total sense to to have it, you know, people, as long as they can start trusting things, like you said, that are considered not as major as money, which is basically the foundation of all those things, then they'll trust it as a currency. Huh. Yeah,
4: Yeah.
3: That's an amazing perspective
4: i 'm I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that that helps you know the the bitcoin story has been such a wild success story um, on one level, but again at the same time, I still talk to you know ninety nine percent of people I talk to are aware of it uh, from a very high level, and invariably one of the first things i 'll say is oh yeah wasn 't that like wasn't there some place called mount gox that was hacked and you know so they'll so 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 the, the things they do know aren't necessarily positive but they say oh isn't that isn't that the currency of drug dealers and that um uh so as successful as bitcoin and crypto technology have been it's it's kind of naive to think that we've even come close to any kind of mainstream mainstream acceptance and that's the so, I think we sort of need to accept the idea that that the current acceptance of the currency is going to come after acceptance of the of these secondary applications.
0: Yeah, you're I think you you're hitting the nail on the head right there. And well, what we're trying to do is speed up mass adoption by educating the masses and making it interesting. So, uh you guys have definitely provided a lot of interesting topics of discussion for us. And uh, we're very proud of this new product that you guys have because, just like you said, it's like an on-ramp into this awesome universe of cryptocurrency and and cryptography. So, one last question for you. Okay. It's the toughest question. I hope you're ready for it. (laughs) Okay. In ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin?
4: Um... Let's see. Again, I'm I'm trying to think of how I would just explain it to my parents. Um, Digital money that takes advantage of the power of mathematics to trade um, safely and efficiently. That's actually 15 words. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. Sorry.
0: (laughs) You're not fined or anything. but that
4: was a pretty concise definition so i'll give it to you thank you yeah let me let me next next interview we have and hopefully there'll be another one i'll be prepared with something i'll 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 do it in eight words eight words yeah is that your new goal
0: all right do that well thank you very much for your time for describing uh, t0 for all of our audience hopefully they'll get real curious and stop by your
4: website Oh well, thank you very much, and I look forward to, uh, yeah, exploring this crazy new world with uh, smart guys like you.
0: Awesome! Hey everybody, I hope you liked
4: that interview with Mister Judd Bagley. He
0: let us know the lowdown on T Zero, uh, T Zero dot com, the new platform that Overstock built. Um, it was a project. It was a passionate side project uh, for Mister Bearn, and. Now they plan on making Wall Street their bitch. Uh-huh. So, boom. I love that
2: interview. That's a great interview.
0: I hope you liked it. Yeah. So, what
2: do you want to talk about? You want to talk about I it? I want to talk
0: about the interview. Let's do some commentary. Um, you said, Corey, I fucking love that interview. I think that's what you just said. I did just say that. Elaborate. Let us know why. Why were you? Well, there's many.
2: There's a lot of things that he said that I found very interesting Um, starting out it's it's he he mentioned that um, the way Wall Street works right now is a black box so no one understands the intricacies of how things happen from the fundamental level of Wall Street and there's no real good way for you to find out about it either other than being a part of it Mm-hmm. And no one's really realistically going to be that. But with the new platform doing the exact same thing, it's much easier to find about find out about the inner workings of what's happening so that if there is any malpractice or any type of wrongdoing being, taking place in the back end, you can look at it and it can be put on front street real quick. I think that's a really important aspect of... Um, trusting this type of platform and what's going on in the financial world.
0: It's a new way of doing business. Yeah. Is it is it like would you compare it to like how Apple goes about doing stuff and how Android goes about doing stuff?
2: No. It's it's even more on front street than that because it's oh. anyone can look at it. It's public material.
1: Mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the solution is for like application level stuff to be created from the ground up as ledger agnostic. And I know we've used that term before. Yeah, cuz like 99% of cryptocurrencies are direct forks of Bitcoin. So if the block reward was modified, that should be a software dependency. You know, if the block size was modified, that should also be a dependency. So if your network is using masternodes, that should be a software dependency etc. So this makes it easier for application level code to tie into any network and then pull in the necessary dependencies when applicable, and I think that's mm. kind of you know this, this is assuming that that Judd has the knowledge, interest, and competence to do it, and they're very much in their early stages. So I mean, no one really knows where it's going to go. You can't even discuss the idea of that technology on another network such as our our uh, podcast because people are currently using it. So yeah, it's I tell you what the my
0: favorite part about the interview was when he told me about how as as soon as people become comfortable with blockchain technology um, keeping very 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 valuable things assets and and paperwork and all these documents safe and accessible then they're more likely to trust it as a currency and understand that and have faith in it as a currency because currency is all faith, pure faith.
3: It's,
2: it's, it's, it's the central aspect of how we do just about everything we want to do in our lives. Yeah. It's where we put our dreams and hopes and our current self-worth into like where we have our currency. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard for people to put all of that into something they don't quite understand, but it's really easy to say, Oh, um, if you want to change the title, we can do it this way, it's going to cost $1,000, or this way, which will be very cheap. Yeah. And they but say, oh, let's yeah. do it the other way. I don't care how it works, just do it other way as long as it works and other people are doing it.
0: But then again, isn't that such like a, a shitty, lame excuse, though? Because... People say, oh, I don't understand Bitcoin, so I can't trust it. But do you fucking understand how dollars work in that whole system? Hell it doesn't matter.
2: It doesn't matter in, re- in the real world. It matters what people are going to do to make their lives easier. Well, I know, but I'm just
0: saying, like...
2: Yeah, it's a cop-out because people don't really want to learn how things work. But in the mm-hmm. real world, that's the way things are going to progress. If you want mass adoption, you need to make it easy for them to do things that they want to do. Yeah. But, do that, tell but that makes it interesting like what i what i thought about when he mentioned this is that the only way like he's he's he thinks it's going to be possible that when you quiz someone in the future about what the first application of blockchain technology was they're not going to guess currency what does that mean for the currency of bitcoin today
3: hmm.
2: is it something that's going to remain stable because things will be built on the blockchain blockchain or the bitcoin blockchain and so that inherently gives the Bitcoin blockchain worth or is it going to fall out completely and Bitcoin will go to by the wayside like the ARPANET yeah. and something new will come?
0: There's three trajectories. Zero, 100, or somewhere in between. Sorry, 100. Or some, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in between. On a scale of one to three. <laughs> That's actually a brilliant scale. It gives nope. you a sixty six percent chance at being awesome. Nope. That's,
1: That's my fun favorite fun. scale.
0: It's, <laughs> yeah, is it not? It's like give me a two.
1: That's awesome. Give me a three. Either like more girl awesome. girl, you're a two. Like, and she you, she's you know still She does Yeah. <laughs> you're a two. What?
0: <laughs> On a scale of one to three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, girl. <laughs> Or you can make it really, like, detailing. Girl, you're a 2.75. Get in there with it. Blow her
2: mind. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? Were we were talking about overstock. Yeah, but that also, like, brings it back into... So, we're not sure about how things will progress. The, he thinks that the way th- ad- adaptation will come to Bitcoin is through these 2.0 technologies where people don't understand about how it works now so they accept an easier way to do it in the future. And currency comes later when they trust in those other technologies. Um, And that ties into another thing he said is that very few people get it on the first pass. And I think that applies to pretty much all of us in terms of how this works. You first heard about Bitcoin, you're like, all right, man, whatever, dude funny money
0: yeah that's pretty much my exact reaction
2: and then you read about it and you heard about it a little more and then you understood some of the fundamentals and core ideas of how it works and why it works and what it could be you're like all right well this has potential and I need to look into it and the more you looked into it the more you loved it Mm
0: -hmm. one thing I do disagree with Judd on is like why try and get your mom and dad into it just just let them do their thing. I know personally, my mom doesn't even online bank. She still goes to the ATM for everything.
1: It's yeah, my mom still pays with checks. Yeah, like oh, that's depressing. Wow.
2: She's that she's that lady holding up the line. And she
1: doesn't even pre-fill it out. She'll she'll start Oh <laughs> my, she'll start writing it when there's a line behind her. <laughs>
2: She's that lady pulling out that that an antiquated little thing in the in the in the counter of the grocery store where you push it and it comes out and you got a little writing desk.
0: The two column ledger. Yeah, she's using the, the two column ledger. Well, yeah. she's
2: she's got carbon copies of all of her checks.
0: Oh my goodness! You know, if she ever came to my business, I would have to turn
1: her away. I'm sorry. Well, the thing, the funny thing, the psychology behind that is she doesn't think it's a nuisance because she thinks that's. How everybody pays for things, you know what I'm saying? Or is it because she 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 doesn't doesn't trust?
2: She doesn't trust using things online. Go ahead. Is it is it because she thinks everyone does it, or she doesn't trust the new technology?
1: No, like 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 she doesn't even understand how like PayPal works. Like she just thinks like, well, this works. I can buy groceries with a check. Like that's what everybody does. But she doesn't know that. You know, we've evolved past Western Union. We've evolved past banks and ATMs and. Um, you know, believe it or not, there's a large percentage of older people. Like, if it's not broke, then you know, why fix it? You know, why do I need an electric car? Why do I need an electric lawnmower? Why do I need Roku? Why do I need TiVo? Well,
2: you this, know? Is, this is a reoccurring thing in terms of humanity. I think so. You spend the majority of your life doing a single thing, and you get comfortable with it, and it's what you build your world around. It's 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 everything you think the world works and then someone comes along and says well you're wrong that's not how it works are you going to tell them "Uh, okay I'm going to give up everything I've thought about for the majority of my life and I believe you or you're going to say screw you I'm going to keep doing this
0: see but here's the thing I see your point and your point is very valid but I think nowadays that may start to go by the wayside because now you grow up with things changing constantly I mean your favorite apps change twice a
2: year yeah, for us, our generation, not the generation before us. We yeah. grew up where there wasn't. Yeah, air. but in- the people before us, that they're now they're, they're yeah not going to deal with it now because the amount are, of change is way too fast.
0: Now it seems like companies are demanding that their consumers adapt to their changes, not the other way around.
2: Like um- yeah, it, yeah it, it's it's changing much rap- more rapidly now. I just don't think that the older generation is able to handle it.
1: Oh no! They're, well, we're not can't. we're not saying that you know what you're doing is wrong. We're saying hey, there's a better way of doing what you're doing. Mm, they you didn't take what I'm it that way, though.
0: <laughs> they might take it that because way because the only
1: way that, <laughs> the only way that people will stop like paying with checks is if we get. rid of checks like the only reason people aren't watching VHSs anymore is because you can't buy a vhs player and there's that small majority that will not adapt until you you know we bulldoze all the banks and now we just have bitcoin
2: Mm, yeah that's a good point to that
1: and there's nothing we can do about about those those people those are what you call the lost causes that's true
2: i wonder
0: what percentage of the population makes up the lost causes one percent
1: you just, <laughs> you just, you out just come out with that one? <laughs> oh, they you break said, it down you in, said it was gusto. Uh, though yeah. they break it down in the law of diffusion and innovation Where if you want to get into that Where's that Let's do that. Should get
3: we? that
2: do we have time
1: do that I'll, I'll, let me just break it down real quick because in, in marketing uh, you know if you run a successful campaign it's all, all numbers of statistics so there's something called the law of diffusion and innovation and uh if you're not familiar with it, the first 2.5% of our population are the innovators, okay? They are the ones that stand in line with all the new stuff, you know, all that blah blah blah. The next 13.5% of our population are the early adopters. That's us. Okay. And then the next 34% are your early majority. Those are the ones that are going to wait until the early adopters come out and it's not a total failure. So, you know, let's just say a, PS, a PlayStation 4 comes out. We're not going to buy it a day one. We'll buy it a week later when everyone says it's great. All right. And mm-hmm. then after that, are your late majority, and then you have your laggards. And the only reason these people buy touch, like touch tone phones, is because you can't buy rotary phones anymore. That's those people. And we all sit at various places at various times on the scale, it fluctuates from topic to topic. But what the law of diffusion of innovation tells us is that if you want mass market success or mass market acceptance of an idea, you cannot have that until you achieve this tipping point between 15 and 18% market penetration, and then the system tips. So you know, where are we with Bitcoin? Are we at 3%? Are we at 4%? We, we have to get to 14%. We have to get to 15% it's only 15 to 18
2: that's, even- enough. that's enough to do that's, that's, that's enough of a tipping point 15 to 18 hmm. that's it
1: yeah I wonder how much we believe it or not you're, yeah and believe it or not your laggards like your your you're dead last people the ones that are only buying flat screen TVs because that's the only thing you can buy it's only 1% huh hmm. damn I just got learned and I loved it alright so at, where do you think we are
0: now
2: in terms of Bitcoin and its oh, market penetration,
0: we talked about this on an earlier episode. No, we 5%. talked about it on Facebook. No, 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 we talked about this on an earlier episode. Oh, no, I mean, you're right, we did last week. It, no, not last week. It was like episode three or
2: four. Um, not cool. All right, uh, go ahead.
0: Uh, remember, it was it went up from 2.5 percent to five percent, and I was like, it's doubled. The, the I guess market penetration is the words I'm going to throw around here. Like I know what the hell I'm talking about, but. They did the survey and it was like people that use Bitcoin in a certain age group, pretty much the demographic that we care about us. uh, It increased from 2.5% to 5%. And that was in a year.
1: So, And that's still only, we're still only in the innovators. Because you have three types of people in the world. You have the ones that play the game, which is us. You have the ones who watch the game. And then you have the ones who have no idea that the game is even being played. Like, what? Bitcoin? What? What's going on? So, um, if we can appeal to the early majority and even the late majority, then we'll, then we'll hit the chasm. The uh, okay. uh, but I think laggers is more than 1%. percent I think we're in 5%. But I think we're doing good, man. We just have to you know, break that 10-15%. Yep. Chloe, thanks for doing right. Right, Corey?
2: Well, she gets upset when you say wrong things and I think she's uh, she's happy now <laughs> I mean I don't know with the way things are happening now coupled with the accelerated acceleration of technology
0: the double exponential
2: yeah things, things are happening so fast we talked about the double revolution in, the, in a couple episodes mm-hmm. it, it's it's only a matter of time before people start saying, oh, okay, well, this does work, and so many people are doing it, it's no reason why I shouldn't do it, if it makes my life easier. I'm really a big fan of this whole, like, the the masses only want to do things that make life easier. And Bitcoin makes your life easier when you have the on-ramps to do these things.
0: That's very true. That's a point we don't make often enough, is that Bitcoin can make your life easier if you're willing to take the, I don't know, weeks worth of time to learn about it. That's all it takes, really, you know learn how to secure yourself, learn about having a wallet, and then experience this fucking euphoric feeling I get when I spend my bitcoin
2: I mean even our entrepreneur talked about how there's so many applications that automatically do your finances for your bookkeeping for you based on reading into the blockchain and showing you what you've spent what you've what you've earned, et etc it's because the Bitcoin ledger is a public ledger. If you, can, you can build software that does all of your bookkeeping for you. You can't do that now with a current financial system.
0: Definitely not. You get Quicken books and you pay like 500 bucks a year for it. And you just crunch numbers or pay accountants to crunch numbers in Quicken books or whatever they use. I don't know. But Bitcoin is better. You know, We say that all the time. We wouldn't have made this show if we didn't think Bitcoin was better because it is, so.
1: I think that uh, wraps up this week. Yeah,
0: man, that was good. We learned a little bit about the law of diffusion and innovation. Damn.
2: It was a great interview as well. Well? D, going solo Dello. I guess that means you just have to do all interviews solo now, so. Yeah, I'm pretty
0: good at it, man. I'm not going to lie. I like doing the interviews solo sometimes. Well, next one, uh, me and D tackled. Yep. Yep we'll do a solo one again sometime you guys will have to do your own solo interviews and then one we'll of okay. the people take a take a survey um okay. <laughs> so do we have anything to plug us of course at the btc podcast on twitter um first page of
1: google finally awesome Yep. Um, and uh you can now ask dr petty all your Bitcoin questions directly on our website.
2: Do you ask the first ridiculous question, which I plan on handling in depth soon? Um,
1: It's a very particular adjective you threw out there, ridiculous. Um, Yeah, you can ask anonymously too, so you don't have to feel stupid. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, you have to scroll over the resources tab, and then the Q&A pops down. So if you don't see Q&A up at the top, scroll over the resource tab and Q&A pops down and you have direct access to Dr. Petty's brain.
2: For those of you that don't know, I am not a medical doctor. Do not ask me questions about your shitty growth. Uh, (laughs) I I am a computational physicist and so I deal with with computers and math and shit. So ask me things about Bitcoin. Ask me about Bitcoin. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to answer.
1: Don't ask about your, like, rash on your nutsack. Yeah, I don't, I
2: don't know anything about that. And, I'll, and I will give you advice. It would just be wrong.
1: <laughs> or do you ask him
0: and expect to get your nutsack operated on. <laughs> not what the hell he's talking about.
2: Um, I'm glad y'all went straight to nutsack. That's really good, guys. <laughs> what
0: else? Um, the quiz. Still working well, um, on the quiz. The, the quiz. Still, yeah. Still building the quiz. I know there were a few listeners out there that were excited about it. Still building the quiz. Um, and when it is ready to go, you will see a very long, awesome Reddit post. Please try and give it some upvotes and send it to the front because the more people that donate all those donations, we're going to give out to winners and you'll know the details of how that's being given out. Um, when you see the Reddit post and it's going to be a, it's going to be painstakingly easy guys. If you've been listening to us, you're going to just zoom through this quiz uh, if you haven't, then you're going to have to listen to us more, um, which is a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's not a bad
1: thing. S- sorry, not sorry. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, Bitcoin Magazine, um, stop mm. it. You know what we're <laughs> talking about. Yes. Stop your dirtiness. Okay. S-
0: no, you can keep it.
2: going. Just give us some credit, bro.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. slide us a word or two or something. We're trying here. We're trying our damnedest. Anyways,
1: Is that it? Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: uh, Next week we got uh, Erica Pierce who is, uh, she works in government relations and she just did a uh, partnership with Perry Ann Boring's company, uh, the Chamber of Digital Currency. So uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit next week. Mm. And then after that we're going to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: looking forward to that episode. I want to come over. I think I'll bring the mic back over, Cello.
1: I think I'm gonna bring a bottle of whiskey. Nice crowns.
0: Hells yes. Okay. Well. Play the outro. Mm-hmm.